If you enjoy our videos and podcasts and would like us to continue putting out regular quality content, head over to patreon.com forward slash interview where you can donate monthly and in return you will get rewards ranging from early interview viewings, bonus clips, credited as a producer and much more. Thank you and enjoy. Here we can see um, Harrier GR3 um, XV808. So she's privately owned by um, Roy Millington and his son. Um, they uh, bought her from the uh, MOD when they were selling her and some of her sisters off. So um, as an aircraft, she, I think it was 69 she first flew, 1969 is a GR1 uh, model. So essentially the same, basically pointy nose without that bulbous nose on that you can see now. Um, converted to this specification, so GR3, I think 71-ish. So um, some changes, uh, like the most obvious change you'd see is the uh, removal of the nice you know pointy nose and this quite bulbous nose that's fitted in here so inside there you can see we've got these two eyelids there so inside there's a laser rangefinder a mark target seeker so quite a, a very powerful laser pointer effectively for designating targets and things like that also there's a uh, side window there where they put a um, high speed 35 mil uh, camera in there for doing uh, recce works you've got an oblique oblique view in there um, her last flight was I think 92 uh, and she was flown into RAF Halton um, there are some actually some interesting pictures on the on the net I've seen of um, them flying them landing them there on the grass strip and they've built um, all mexi strips and taxiing them through woods and things to get them in there and back then Halton was the centre of RAF technical training before it moved to Cosford. So that she, that her life then uh, changed from an operational aircraft to being one used for training, much like the Jaguars that I, I was using at Cosford. So yeah, she ended up there. Um, when Halton closed or when the technical training side moved, she didn't go and then the Navy um, got her. And because it'd been inside and was a complete airframe, it was, you know, there was that possibility of being able to run the airframe and so they reactivated it and indeed the other sister GR3s that had gone with her and they ended up at Cold Rose as uh, at the Royal Navy School of Flight Deck Operations. You can see there's still some of the, uh, some of the uh, lettering on there from when it had been sent there. So they, uh, they were used to teach the Navy aircraft handlers and indeed us lucky or unlucky whichever way you look at it guys from the air force who ended up there doing the deck handling course and as i mentioned earlier that's where i first met 808 there so uh yeah the uh, navy used them for a reasonable amount of time there um until i think pretty much i think until the navy started to retire the sea harriers uh, and then uh, it all became part of joint force harrier so the navy took on like the Air Force's Harriers GR7s and so 800 and 801 squadron had uh, GR7s as we had then so we and then all moved into Cottesmore the Navy all moved up there so um, that was pretty much I think when the GR3s were finished with because they had the Sea Harriers 
Uh, and so she ended up at HMS Sultan as a training airframe again for uh, Navy aircraft techs and stuff like that. Um, tended to live outside a lot which is never great for aircraft if they live outside because you're always battling the weather and certainly we've seen evidence of that um, when we when she came to us so um, the Navy relinquished use of her sort of they were muting it sort of 2012 time um, came up for sale and that's when I at the end of 2012 beginning of 2013 is when I had the phone call from Roy and Told him what he was going to get himself in for, and if he was uh, if he was game for it, and it was, and then so he purchased her and uh, brought her here. So um, we, as a group of guys, so there's myself and a load of other guys. I do a lot of work at Brunt and thought with the Buccaneers, and so 808 arrived. Um, the guys who had bought it from reassembled it, you know, pretty well, uh, but. When we arrived, you know, we uh, had to have all the, you know, as much as we could of the aircraft apart to see what wasn't connected properly. And uh, luckily, the airframe was, you know, fairly complete um, so structurally, in virtually every single thing there. But indeed, all the stuff internally, um, a lot of that was still with the aircraft, which is quite unique because often you'll find like the avionics, all the um, line replacement units have been taken out but uh, we were very fortunate in that it was essentially a complete aircraft so we had a good starting point. Um, when uh, she'd been purchased Roy had also managed to get some spares, a spare um, on top of the engine you've got a GTS, a gas turbine starter so it's a small gas turbine engine that you can use to start the main engine. It's, so it fortunately bought another one of those, which was which was indeed very fortunate because we discovered that the one that was fitted to the aircraft, um, because it had been stored outside and it's positioned on top of the airframe, um, prone to trapping water in it, and the uh, one of the spools had seized, so it was unserviceable. So we uh, one of the first jobs we did was actually swap the GTS around and put a new one on. Um, went through all the connections because Harry is quite a unique aircraft with a single engine to get that engine out you've got to simply remove the wing the entire wing from the aircraft so which is obviously far far from simple so there's a multitude of different connections between the airframe and the wings and the engine that have all been disconnected when the aircraft moved up here so it was a case of getting in there looking at it and the problem with old aircraft is you need the servicing manual so it's finding those does anyone have them still invariably because the aircraft's gone out of service no so it's tracking stuff down do some people have them speaking to people so we've been lucky in that we've got you know we've amassed a lot of the books and things that so we know because you know you can know lots about aircraft but you always need the books to look at things and work out if you've got in-depth problems you need the books to be able to work things out so yeah so we basically went through it all with a fine tooth comb um, rebuilding it again we were lucky because any bits that were hadn't been fitted we had a big box of all the bits when they put it back together and gone, oh, we're not sure where these go, we'll leave me. So we had them so we could identify them, check them, put it all back together. And uh, we did, and then that was that. It was ready to go, so a bit of trepidation. Uh, we uh, 
had some started running the GTS on top, spooling the engine over, not with fuel, just to you know, so it'd spin it up to you know almost self-sustaining speed, but without any really simple terms, without any fuel and a spark, just what you'd call a dry run, cranking the engine over, just checking everything over, and eventually we were happy enough and confident enough, and then came to have a go for real. So we became and still are so the only running Harrier GR3 in this country, in Europe, uh, and as far as I'm aware, certainly currently, I think anywhere in the world. So I know some have been sold on by um, Jetart. He's sold a couple uh, to different people, but and we've been actually, Chris, who runs Jetart, um, asked uh, myself and Ollie to go up and help him uh, have a look at what an aircraft he'd obtained we ran that for him the first time as well so it's nice to sort of go and help other people uh, and uh, you know use a bit of our experience to help other people but yeah so certainly we're the only actively running Aria GR3 anywhere that I can think of so it's it's as and when I mean ideally um, you should be doing an anti-deterioration run really uh, once every 28 days it just keeps everything ticking over you know you can be, it pretty much the same as if you bought a car and then left it on your drive and went on holiday for a year you couldn't come back and expect it to work you'd be pretty lucky if it did so like most things mechanical generally the more you use them the better they are but we've Roy and Julian uh, who you know live here and own the aircraft they a, you know know how to run the GTS just to spool the engine over it just dry crank it over just to get all the oils and everything moving through it we've got stick the external power set on and put um, put ground power onto it warms all the avionics through drives out any moisture things like that and it just keeps the airframe ticking over and we every time we're up here sort of like a working weekend we'll like try and work through any faults we've identified or problems and things like that so but generally he says touch wood it's you know a fairly reliable airframe you know it's you know it's they were fairly well built because they were designed to operate in in the field you know in germany they'd take them and hide them away in woods and operate them off um, autobahns and things like that in RAF germany days so they're designed to be worked on in the field some bits you think are better designed than others in that respect. <laughs> Whoever thought that taking a wing off an airframe in a field and lifting the engine out uh, was easy, obviously, um, was uh, yeah, it obviously probably never worked on the aircraft. But uh, yeah, we do quite well. It's always a problem finding spares. You know, it's easy to find spares for a Spitfire than it is for Aria GR3. So we do um, struggle sometimes and things, but. Uh, you know, we're managing so far, things like that. Um, we're doing more for the airframe. So the area we stood on now, this was all gravel. So we've Roy's paid and put in this concrete, very, you know, sturdy concrete apron here. So we can get the airframe out. You can clean this, you know, scrupulously clean. Um, obviously clean area is essential for running a jet aircraft because one thing the Harrier is good at is hoovering an awful lot of air into those that massive intake um, and unfortunately you're running the risk of ingesting FOD so foreign object debris you know be it the slightest you know pebble or you know anything there's an awful lot of air goes into those into the intake through the orgs intake doors 
So what you don't want is to be hoovering anything up because unlike, it's a, oh, it's a very big engine and uh, you know, there's, you know, extremely complex and FOD is a, a massive issue. It always was for us in the Air Force with a Harrier. It's got everywhere scrupulously clean, but this isn't the Air Force. You know, this is a farm on a hill in Shropshire. So you've, you've still, but the same rules apply. You've got to be fastidious about cleanliness and things like that. So a nice prepared hardened surface that you can sweep clean and power wash down. You can put the aircraft on here and we stick it nose down efflux out over there and then we can run it on here and you know it's nice and clean and there's no risk of ingesting any fod into there because I mean it's a big deal in the Air Force if you damage an engine and have to replace it because you've sucked a, a, a pebble into the engine but here there's no stores to go to and ask for a new engine it is what it is so you've got to preserve it and look after what you've got so we're obviously very careful about it and uh, sort of another plan we're looking to do is extend this concrete apron out um, so a much larger area here where it's obviously gravel at the moment. Um, we've got the engineering diagrams and drawings to when we extend the concrete out, um, build it with set points fixed in so you can tie the aircraft down. Um, we've got an angle on potentially getting the equipment to attach to the aircraft so you can chain it down and then you can run it at maximum maximum power and the aircraft can't can't go anywhere because in a strange feat of engineering on the GR3 the uh, parking brake is right by the throttle and you can only keep the, th the parking brake on when you're idle as soon as you move the throttle the parking brake comes off so you stood with your feet on the pedals frantically holding the uh, holding the brakes on which is not much fun after a minute or two and you start to get wobbly knees and you don't want to be running away and certainly if you run at high power the chocks it'll shoo the chocks out of the way and go so that that would be a bad thing so it'd be nice to have that ability to tie the airframe down and then uh, you know be able to explore you know run the engine at the full sort of uh, you know full envelope of you know its range and things like that um, here we generally don't run very high power setting at all because again it's burning a lot of fuel that it was all right in the air force because the air force pays for it but yeah you know roy pays for it so uh, you know we do what we need to do and that's it um, uh, although for example last night we had a uh, a photo group here from timeline events so we did a couple of engine runs for them uh, one during the day one at night which is actually a first for us because we've not done one with the aircraft at night and then we had 60 photographers here all taking photography with the aircraft lit and with some guys in period flying kit and stuff with the airframe which look, look really good and it's nice for us to stand by and watch it and take some pictures because mm. normally we're too busy fixing the fixing or working on things so so yeah, so that's um, that's kind of what we do here. The aircraft is fortunate; it can live inside one of Roy's agricultural buildings, so it keeps his in winter time keeps a lot of the farm equipment in there and stuff. But the airframe can squeeze in in there, so she's out of the weather, which is an absolute godsend for keeping an aircraft going in this country because you, you're forever fighting the weather. And we find corrosion on the airframe from that time when it was outside at, um, at uh, HMS Sultan and things, and you're always battling that and stuff. So it's, uh, 
But it sounds like you've, <laughs> yeah, you've had a, a brilliant career, and uh, yeah, we look forward to you know hearing more about 808 in the future. Yeah. But uh, there's no uh, Facebook group or anything at the moment. There isn't. No, we've. Um, uh, I mean, I try and put things on social media about it. Um, and what I am conscious of is that Roy and Julian run a business from here, uh, you know, a very busy business building um, racing engines for rally cars. Um, but we've certainly discussed the um, possibility about um, having a public Facebook page. And it, because of the uniqueness of the airframe, it is known now within the UK and people are interested in it. And uh, I think we're now at that point where we'll have to you know look at that so because people are interested they like to come and see what and it's a harrier it's an iconic aircraft and it is one of those known aircraft if you w walked into a high street of any city and said to somebody have you ever heard of a westland wyvern they'd look at you like no, <laughs> no a what but if you said near me some aircraft they'd say spitfire concord red arrows and probably yeah. say harrier yeah. jump jet yeah. so if you said to most people what's a jump jet they'd know what it was and they'd come and look at this and go that is one so it's known and it has that draw they're they're an aircraft that people are always interested in it's iconic it's british you know and it's you know pretty cool airframe let's let's face it you know and we're really privileged to be keeping one the only one going you know that's it so so can we actually find yourself online? Are you on Facebook, Twitter, or anything like that? So yeah, I don't do Twitter. It's still witchcraft to me. Um, uh, uh, yeah, Facebook, uh, Andy King. The uh, my profile picture is usually always me. There'll be something aviation related in it, or steam trains, which is my other passion. But um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm findable on there, and I try to put bits on social media like instagram bits and pieces and stuff like that and some of the other lads do as well so we try and you know get it out there because people are interested people like to see you you know i put some pictures on facebook last night of the aircraft all lit up in in here i know you'd seen them yeah all in there backlit with a smoke machine behind it it all looks a bit jean-michel jarish but it's uh you know it's, it, you know it's just just different like lighting it up and things like that we've done it ourselves at night when we you know when we stay up here and sit round in the in the barn with a gin or two on a night and oh, it's, you know, take some furs and stuff like that but uh yeah it's nice to sort of get people in and so they can enjoy what we get to enjoy and I guess almost take for granted sometimes so it's really, well, really good thanks very much for sharing your story and uh, yeah good luck with the project thanks very much